Hey guys, Josh Hatcher here for Manlyhood, and uh, thank you guys for joining us throughout this Rise Up campaign. We're so grateful that you've been a part of it. Listen, I'm going to share with you today uh, one of my one of the worst things that ever happened to me when I was a kid. That's going to be kind of contained contained here in this article as we talk about it. So I want you to listen closely, and I want you to think about the things that we hold on to and those things that we let grow in us that we should not. So I think this might make a little bit of sense to some of you. Some of you guys can relate to it. Give it a listen. We'll be back right after this. Paracelsus says, poison is in everything. And no thing is without poison. The dosage makes it either a poison or a remedy. The word toxic is taken on many new meanings these days. It's funny what happens when we play games of word association. Now, the word toxic is almost, as, is almost always associated now with masculinity. And masculinity is almost always associated with toxic. Uh, I've talked a lot about my thoughts on that. And we can get into that another time. But I think it's shameful. I know that people aren't saying all masculinity is toxic. But no one seems to be able to wrap their heads around the unintended consequences of a media feeding frenzy around a newfangled cultural trope. Toxic people have always existed. All people are toxic. What did he say? Yes, we all have the capability of being a poison or a remedy in the lives of other people. We all have the capability in our own minds of being a poison or a remedy to ourselves. When I was little, my parents would correct things that I said. It irritated me because I was a cocky little intelligent kid who knew exactly what words I was using. How dare they correct me? My dad would say, son, where's your homework? Me, I would say, I forgot it. Why'd you forget it? You were supposed to bring it home. Gosh, dad, I just forgot. I'm forgetful. No, you don't just forget. Stop making excuses. Or this conversation with my mom. I just can't. Don't say that. Say what? Whatever it was you were about to say you can't do. But I can't. Can't never could. Remember the book I used to read you? Stop, Mom. With the little train engine. I think I can. I think I can. Come on, Mom. I think I can. I think I can. (laughs) You know how those conversations go, right? I didn't get it. I was a kid and kids never get anything. They just think they do. The entire universe in my brain was bottlenecked, though, by uh, a very few toxic thoughts. What you believe is very powerful. If you've toxic emotions of fear, guilt, and depression, it's because you have wrong thinking, and you have wrong thinking because of wrong believing. That's what Joseph Prince says about it. I believe that if I forgot something, it somehow absolved me of responsibility. How could I be held accountable for something that I didn't think about? I believed the I can't that always swirled in my head. Why push myself? Why strive and struggle when I just can't? These are probably the simplest examples of toxic thinking, but there were multitudes of other poisonous thoughts like this that influenced my decision-making for the past 40 years. I can still hear it. I remember the sound more than the pain. I was five years old, a wide-eyed kindergartner that could already read. They were teenagers, brothers, hellions, and they had a book of matches and a warped sense of humor. They had already stolen my hat and tossed it on top of the soda machine at the bus stop. I got in trouble for losing it, but I didn't tell mom and dad that they took it, because it was my problem to deal with. I didn't need help. I remember their 
pubescent cracking laughter with a touch of bass now, a little bit of falsetto. I don't remember any words. I just remember the laughter. I don't even remember their names. Now a book of matches, one at a time, lit and then put out on the back of my neck. Sst, laughter. Scratch, fizzle, sst, laughter. I didn't know what to do, so I didn't do anything. It was my problem to deal with. I didn't need help. Eventually, one of the neighbor girls told my parents, who immediately took, one, took care of the situation. They took action. They had the school move a bus stop closer to the house and made sure that those boys took a different bus to school. I remember reading about a woman who had made lime jello for her husband every day for lunch. She would add a few drops of antifreeze to it. And antifreeze tastes sweet, and it could be easily camouflaged by lime jello. A few drops at a time wouldn't kill him right away, but the antifreeze would get into his bloodstream and then crystallize in his brain. Those crystals would continue to grow as more antifreeze is introduced, and eventually, slowly, he would die. So many of my experiences, those matches, bullying by students and teachers, and a myriad of other trauma crystallized in my brain, and those toxic thoughts would crystallize and grow, and left unchecked, they would kill me. We often find ourselves wallowing in a circumstance we don't know how we got into that place. Poverty, being overweight, divorce, addiction, infidelity, debt, out of work, stressed, depressed, lonely. And it's easy to look at those circumstances as external factors pressing in. And there are certainly are times when external forces beyond our control can affect many of those situations. In most cases, though, we are where we are because of the choices that we make. Our behavior creates our circumstance. Behavior comes from feelings. We feel a certain way, want to feel a certain way, and we carry out an action to either make the feeling go away or for a new feeling to come. Feelings, though, come from thoughts. We think and we believe certain things, and those thoughts are formed and shaped by our memories. And the way we think affects our mood and our attitude. If I do not like my circumstance, I must change my actions. If I do not like my actions, I must change my feelings. If I do not like my feelings, I must change my thoughts. But how do I change my thoughts? Listen, our thoughts are plastic and they can be shaped and formed. If you want to know more about that concept, I encourage you to read the teachings of Caroline, Caroline Leaf. She's a neurosurgeon and has some amazing thoughts on this concept that thoughts and memories are, and, and brain chemistry, really, it's plastic. It can be formed. Even bad memories of trauma can be reframed to yield better results. For me, it started by telling myself the truth. Looking myself in the eye, in the rearview mirror while driving, screaming at the fool, looking back at me. You can do this. You aren't worthless. You are valuable. It's okay to ask for help. You are smart. Smart is good. And a long list of other truths that I needed to hear. If we don't take ownership of our own brains, we will surely find that they are owned. You don't have to keep distilling the poison. You can clean it out. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. And you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for manlyhood.com. 
Our manly theme music is from Austin Sterling and also from Mark Cruz. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manly Good Mancast.